You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. When it's uh, 27 uh, minutes uh, to 9, you are tuning and listening to the Q&A on this beautiful night. Let's welcome the listeners of Radio Al-Ansar International, our wonderful listeners of Sari SFM, and of course, our wonderful listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'a. Remember our... WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. International overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. A listener says, Ustad, I have one sister and one brother. My husband told me to curtail my relationship with them because the income is not halal. And they do bribery and cheat in the business. Don't they want to know? He also told me he don't uh, want them to come to his house. I must my sister move this up. We are twins. I cry every day because my parents are late. I miss my sister. I don't even WhatsApp her. Only Allah knows what she thinks of me. Help me. Can I divorce? Because life is hell without my sibling. Anonymous Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. For a person to sever ties completely, so that is haram and not permissible unless you have a really valid reason. So first we go to Quran Sharif. Quran Karim teaches us Surah 47, Surah Muhammad, named after the Master Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, verses 22-23. In Tawalaytum, when you have authority, and Tufsidu fil ard, you cause mischief, mayhem, chaos on the earth, arhamakum, and you sever the family ties. So now your husband told you, you must sever ties with the sister, with the brother, and your siblings. Now what are the results and consequences? So those are the people that Allah, Allah curses them, deprives them of His special mercy. Spiritually they become deaf and spiritually they become blind. So that is what Quran says. The Hadith in Mishkat Sharif, He Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu it's not permissible for a Muslim person to go and now sever ties with another Muslim totally that for three days and more. And if you die like that, then you enter Jahannam and the hellfire, Allah forbid. So if there's a valid ground, that person became a murtad, Allah forbid, left Islam, that person continues with vices openly, openly, and justifies it. So such people, you sever ties, you must sever ties with them. Hadith of Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kullu ummati mu'afan illal mujahirun. That entire ummah will be forgiven, except those people who continue with their vices and sins and so forth, and they justify it and so so many examples one can give like that so the hadith is authentic in Mishkat Sharif now let us come to, after all this we come to yours we're not sure about what how much bribery what income so if majority of their income is halal so remember you can accept the invitation they give money to the masjid madrasa all that it is permissible but if majority 70 80 90 percent is haram so then you must remember then you can't accept the invitation to go and eat there or accept their money for the masjid the mosque or madrasa and so forth but what your husband is doing 
according to your question, remember he wants to punish you. He's telling you that no, your brother also, you must have a tithe, your sister also. So in a case like that, you don't have to listen to him. The hadith is very clear in Mishkat Sharif. There is no obedience to any creation when it leads to a sin against the Creator. So you got WhatsApp, you got phone, when it's not there, then you can just speak to her and so forth. You must remember, there won't be a problem. But if you feel that your husband is going to assault you, beat you up and so forth, go to your local ulama, your jamiats and whatever, and your darulums, whatever is nearby you, and tell them that this is the problem. They must come speak to your husband, try and reconcile and find some solution. And if you can't, then your husband will divorce you. Or if he don't want to divorce you, then you can go for a fasakh, an annulment of marriage because of his zulam and oppression and so forth. Somebody says that what is the latest uh, Ustad uh, from uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan? Why is the Taliban signing agreements with Iran, Ustad? So you must remember the Taliban, their policy now is this, that they want to make peace with everybody because they had war for 20, 30, 40 years. Now the British came, there was war, they defeated them, thrice the British came. Then the Russians came and they stayed there 10 years and they defeated them and the whole Soviet Union integrated. Then the Haramis, the Americans came with their coalition, 48 countries, and they defeated them. So obviously that now you don't want war all the time and you know you are in control so now you must remember that so they want peace they want stability they want to develop their country and so forth so they got lithium there they got oil there they got so many things therefore all the countries were trying to invade them so now it's a good strategy for them because they neighbors also so you must remember one side you got Iran one side you got Pakistan one side you got this country that country so very good they're signing up time what you must remember China and everybody so in this world you can't love you must remember just you know in a cocoon and so forth and every day just fight it's not going to help you or your country so you have to now look at what is strategic for your country and so forth but they warn everybody as far as Israel goes as far as these Arab countries they told them if the Hudud open the borders and see what we will do and so forth these Arab countries are protecting protecting Israel because they in bed with the Israelis and the Jutlas and the Zionists and so forth. So therefore, things are you know that Afghanistan economy is better than the economy in Pakistan. Do you know that there's complete stability now? No more all this poppy trade and drugs and all these type of things. Even the Western media is accepting that and so forth. Regarding Pakistan, they just play politics all the time because they're preparing for elections and on 8th of February, you must remember, will be elections. Now, how foolish and childish they can be. They say no on the ballot paper, all the you understand, parties, their logo will be there. So the Pakistan Tahrik Insaf, Imran Khan's party, PTI, so their logo is a cricket bat. They said, no, that cricket bat must be banned because many people in Pakistan are illiterate. They don't know how to read and write, but they'll go and vote there for the cricket bat because of Imran. 
Now I'm asking you, can you be so foolish and childish and so forth? So it's already, I can give you the results now already. Nawaz Sharif will become the Prime Minister and his party will win because the part, the army controls you, you control the army and America is happy because it got its sidekicks. Choroki Hukumat is a government of thugs and crooks, you must remember that. Imran is giving some bayans and lectures through artificial intelligence and so forth. But the fact of the matter is still in jail and prison. Even today, even before end of this year, that next year, next week, Monday is next year. So you must remember during the course of this week also if they release him. In January alone, he must do campaigning. It will be a landslide victory for him. <coughs> but they know that, so therefore every Trump up 101 charges and they keep him in jail. Pakistan said state of affairs. Why should inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un be recited only when a Muslim passes away and not for non-Muslims? Isn't it that we all came from Allah and to him all of us, Muslim and non-Muslims, is our final return? Please explain to me, Mufti Sabustad. Almighty Allah Jalla Wala taught us in the noble Quran, وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Give dead tidings to those people who exercise patience. أَلَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبًا That when a calamity befalls them, then they say, إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ That verily we belong to Almighty Allah, and verily unto Allah is the return. So go and read Surah 2 and verses 155-156. And then what is the reward when you exercise restraint and patience? أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ The blessings from Allah. Almighty Allah is for them. Wa Rahma, the special mercy. Wa Muhtadun. And for them, they are the rightly guided people. Just today, one person, you must remember, he says, I stayed in the place where Mohana Salim Muhammad was. And what a good person he was. He helped us. He did this. He did this. He sent me a letter and so forth. So the email, you understand, or WhatsApp, whatever it was. So you see now that the daughter, Kosar, she has to exercise so much patience and all. She lost her father, mother, her parents. She lost her siblings, her brother, sister. So non-Muslims, they die. They go straight Jahannam. Quran says even while they're living, they're like animals, worse than animals. When they are eating, drinking, what they care. They have wine, dine and swine, Christmas, New Year, whatever. They don't care. You must remember they do actions what the the animals don't do. Same gender and transgender and all that. Therefore, to say inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi is not permissible for non-Muslims. Somebody say there's an old lady living in Stanger, KZN. She wants the Merka Sahaba decoder. Who can she contact to start? Okay, inshallah, Akala. Today we're in a good mood. <laughs> so you send me a message. I'm coming there, inshallah, next week, Friday. Not this Friday, the first Friday of the new year, Nivayar. So inshallah, we'll bring one for you. Kala, we don't know you. You contact Maulana Musaji and you give all your details. So we'll just give it to him and then Maulana will give it to you. You want to contact me directly. Now, nobody else now. Only one for tonight. Finish. So, you must now get another hundred last year and so forth. So, when I went now to Durban, Marisburg, I had to give somebody in Durban. I had to give somebody in Marisburg. So, that got sorted out. Alhamdulillah. So, now on Kala Day in Stenger. So, my number, personal WhatsApp number 071 So, they will give it to you free of charge. Kala, you make dua for us, inshallah. 
Listeners says nowadays with the Saudi government being so oppressive, can one circumvent the rules that they have implemented? For example, putting on a haram all the time and in Medina to bribe your way through. And also Muftisab, how does one calculate one's Ramadan if you're going to be partly in Saudi and majority in South Africa? The middle of Ramadan, we will be in Saudi Arabia, Ustad. Okay, yeah, half the question I answered already. I told you that in Makkah, you don't have to worry about MBS, Murtad bin Shaitan's laws, and that you just wear the ihram and you go, even if you're not making Umrah. So you just go, you don't have to worry. There's no sin upon you. The sin is upon them for bringing about all these oppressive laws. Quran Karim states, Surah 22, Surah Hajj, and verse 25. So whoever just makes intention of deviation and oppression, then we will unleash a painful punishment for him. You know, Jamal Khashoggi, so his wife, that Khatija, Turkish lady, she got asylum now there in America and so forth and so on. So therefore, he can't go to America. He can't go to Britain. He knows what the media will do. They will tear him to pieces. You must remember that the British tabloids and the uh, American newspapers, Washington Post and all of them, because the Qurbani and the Fawadi made mincemeat out of him, of Jamal Khashoggi, Rahimahullah. So that's one issue. Now coming to Medina Munawwara, I told you if you can do something with your phone and jappu the system there, so that's fine. But bribery not permissible. Remember that, that you read anywhere, Allah will give you the reward. But to go bribe people and all that, la'anallahu rashi wal murtashi the hadith in Bayhaqi and various compilations that Mustafa وسلم, said Allah Ta'ala's curse is on the one who gives the bribery the one who receives the bribery and the go-between he said no 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 I got the context I'll fix it up no so all that is haram in Islam and more so in Medina Makkah you do all this so that is not acceptable and the third one good question now half Ramadan you'll be here or something so remember wherever you are in the last five days, three days, two days. So wherever you're going to make eat, so you just work with them. If they have 30 days, you got 30 days. If they got 29 days, you got 29 days. The problem will come about if they started one day earlier and we in South Africa started one day later and they have 29 days and then they have eat. So yours will be 28 days. So after the day of eat, you must keep one qada and then you can start keeping your show while fast and so forth. So there's straightforward issue. There's no big problem with that. So must the ladies wear a cap or not when performing the Umrah? Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Hadith in Bukhari Sharif that two laws are mentioned for the ladies you ladies in the state of Ihram should not wear gloves to wear gloves not permissible and you should not wear a niqab niqab is now touching your face and all that you don't mean now you must keep your face open that's haram obviously so if you open Malik, you will see Asma binti Yazid says, Kunna huhujuhana. We used to cover our faces in ihram and so forth. In Abu Dawood, our mother Siddiqa said, Aisha radiallahu anha says, when the strange men used to come, we used to cover our faces. So you wear with a cap and so forth. If it's cumbersome and so forth, then wear your normal niqab and after your umrah is finished, just give out 35, 40 riyals or whatever. So 30 also is okay. But the more you give, the better. So 30, 35, 40 riyals, you give 
give out to the poor Muslim there. So that will be fine and that will suffice, inshallah. Somebody says, can Mufti Sab assist and tell any institution which compliance according to Sharia uh, where we can take it out, our retirement annuity scheme, Ustad? So you must remember as far as all this today that people got with the banks and all that, that this, they got even, you must remember that life insurance and I say with us and all that and then they got Sharia compliant. We don't agree with any one of that. Remember this. So our advice to you will be this. The best thing for you to do is this. You got money, you want to invest, you want to look at your post death and so forth. So the best thing will be you invest in gold. And then, mashallah, when you invest in gold, so Allah Ta'ala has made it such that gold has that intrinsic value. So most of the time, we can't say all the time, but we'll say most of the time, the price keeps on increasing and so forth. So and in your lifetime, you can make, you understand, you give gifts just to Today I got a question. One person, you understand, the mother gave some jewelry to a daughter and so forth, and she took possession of it. And then the mother passed away. The sons are saying, we want a share in the jewelry. How you can get a share in the jewelry? So when it's already given to the daughter and so forth, that's not permissible. So what belongs to the mother at a time of death? So you worried about your retirement. You worried about what will happen after your death and so forth. So then you prepare like this. So you invest. Investments must be good, and the best investment will be gold. And secondly, whatever you want to give your children and so forth, fear Allah Ta'ala, exercise justice amongst them. So you give them equally as far as possible, and they must take possession, and you can't impose any conditions upon them. So that is my advice. Regarding this retirement, and there's, there's always some loopholes and skaldakhari involved, and then the be interest and a lot of other issues involved. So if you're traveling by plane and you read Salah sitting in your seat facing the Qibla according to the plane direction showing, do you still have to repeat the Salah when reaching your destination and why? If standing and reading Salah at the back of the plane, do you still repeat your Salah, Ustad? So yeah, there are three questions. When we're traveling, you are going now for Umrah. You are going now to India. You are going to, you must remember, Hong Kong, London, New York, wherever. So if you are in the plane and it's Salat time, so you must stand and read and you must face Qibla. And if you sit and read, then when you reach your destination, so you must repeat it. So why did you sit and read? Ihtiraman lil waqt, for respect for the time that is there. And why must you repeat it? Because Qiyam standing is compulsory and you didn't stand. Yes, if you are an old person, sickly person, and normally you sit and read, and then you sit and read and you face Qibla, then your Salat is valid. You don't have to repeat it. But for a person like me and you, so now we normally stand and Alhamdulillah, we are well with the grace and mercy of Allah. So in a case like that, you sit and read, then you have to repeat that Salat. If a person stood at the back or front or wherever and you read your Salat, normally I used to travel with Emirates and all that. Since the all this normalizing all that, then we don't be boycotting all of them. So anyway, you must, even today they sent me a letter, you got so many miles and this, we're not interested in you and your story. So you must remember that. So you, I used to go to where the exit you are. You know, they were the exit. The doors, there's a lot of space there, mashallah. And they never ever objected.
expected. In fact, many times they will tell me, pray for us and so forth. The only time they won't allow you is when there's turbulence or when there's feeding and so forth. And we used to stand, I used to make jamaat with my wife also. So you must remember that, so that is what you should do if possible. Or if you stood and you face Qibla, then your salat is valid and no need to repeat the salat. Mm. I see somebody say, so if you plan on leaving for Ramadan during the middle of Ramadan to Makkah, how do you perform Tarawih during traveling, Ustad? So remember, there's no Tarawih compulsory for travelers and Musafir. You're going to stay in Makkah for four days, five days, six days, eight days. So the last time I went was 2019. So from where I came, yes, I came from Bolivia. You must remember I went in the starting to Bolivia. And then the last half, second half or last 12, 13 days we came. So deliberately, I told my wife, we will make our Umrah whilst the Tarawih Salat is on. You must remember that. Because why? The crowd is just too big. And we musafir, so you must remember that. And I can always make Tarawih on my own. So me in front and my wife at the back. So if you are like that, I'm not saying now you must leave out Tarawih every day. But if you want to perform Umrah whilst the Tarawih Salat is on, so it's very totally permissible, no problem. And comfortably you can do it. And then after that, you can read your 20 rakats, you and your wife or you and your brother, whoever, your son. And you just read from Wadduha downwards. You read from Alam Tara downwards. So easy if you want to do it. And if you don't read because you're a musafir, then there's no sin upon you as well regarding the Tarawih Salat. So the listener says, I plan to go on a journey to Riyadh for holidays. I was planning to invite people for a meal as a source of thanking them before I go. Is it permissible? Is it jais? Didn't Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do that as well, Ustad? So you must remember the way I understand your question that you went to Riyadh from South Africa or wherever and now those people, your host, they were very good to you. So now you want to now give them some gift or whatever as a token of appreciation. That's good. He's going to to Riyadh. Oh, you're still going. Okay, so whatever the case is, and now you're expecting and anticipating they're going to treat you very, very well. So give them a gift, take something from South Africa, which they don't have there. So you must see, I give you an idea. Then understand something you won't find in the whole of Saudi. I had one, two good friends. Even one friend contacted me today, you'll understand. I was very surprised after many months that he thought of me. So, mashallah, Allah ta'ala reward him. I don't know if he's listening. So, Allah ta'ala reward them all. So, this one special, special friend I had. I said, this man does so much for me. Let me take something really special for him. So, what can we take from South Africa, which you will not find there? So, you see, if you go this outside, you will find those people selling... The skin, you know, the spring box skin or the skin and the hide, you understand, that has been tanned, you understood. So if you take a small piece, big piece, that's up to you. And they can use it as a musalla, they can use it how they want to or whatever, just put it on the wall or whatever. So it's something you won't find there normally, you understand. So if you want to show your appreciation, this is my suggestion, take something unique from Africa, from South Africa. They call Africa, you know. So, and you give it to them and so forth. Now you say you have to go there and now when you, before coming back, you have to invite them for a meal. So what that meal is going to help? You'll invite them in the haram restaurants, first of all. 
Your McDonald's are haram in the whole of Saudi Arabia and the world. That your KFC is haram in everywhere. And so every day they're eating outside. The Saudis, every second person eats outside almost daily. So you must remember, that's not a good idea. And three-quarters of the restaurants are haram also there. So you must remember, take something unique from here and give it to them. Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah taught us beautiful, wonderful hadith. Taha daw taha Give gifts to one another. It will generate mutual love. Fa'innal hadiyyata tuzhibud vagain. And when you give a gift, it will remove the malice, the rancor, the hatred. You see, husband, wife. Now and then, without your wife asking, oh, poppy, oh, darling, oh, sweetheart, take this gift. You wife also, you must be a sharpshooter. You must remember that when your husband doesn't expect anything, you buy a nice set of, you understand, handkerchief, socks, toupee, something like that. You want his heart, you want his wallet also. You see, sisters, you must wake up and then save your marriage. That is what you must do. Somebody say, is Hajj compulsory within five years upon those who perform Umrah first? No. Remember, there's no such thing like that. There is one hadith that for people who perform Hajj, then they should go and perform another Hajj and all that five years. But it's not must than all that. And today, everything is out of your control. They got nowadays, you must remember, quota system. Then they got visa system. And then the cost of Hajj, because you can't believe the uh, I my connections and that rich people well to do. I say, how can you take such a hotel so far? You're going to travel with shuttle and all that. They told me they just went for two weeks and so, and it's costing them over 100 grand, husband, wife only. So this is for Umrah, 50, 50 grand. And that's beside the food and whatever you, and you just get breakfast. And for Hajj, you need half a million. You must remember that if you're going to go for four or five weeks and stay in the smart hotels and so forth. Beyond the means of any normal person, you must remember that. So therefore, there's no such thing. Hajj is manista ta'a ilayhi sabila. People who have the means, we just make shukr to Almighty Allah. We could perform Hajj. I myself, I perform Hajj with 5,000 rand. Complete Hajj, starting, ending, Makkah, Medina, transport, food, everything, ticket, everything. So that uh, now where's 50,000, where's 500,000 for a couple and 5,000 and 10,000 and all. They laugh at you. You can't even buy a ticket nowadays. So that is how things are gone crazy, you must remember. <clears throat> Somebody says if it's sunnah to visit Masjid Quba, particularly on a Saturday, anonymous will start. 100% hadith is in Bukhari Sharif. Mustafa sallallahu used to go to Masjid Quba on a Saturday, Mashian or Akiba, sometime walking, sometime mounted, meaning on the mode of transport, whatever was available, the camel, the horse, whatever. And you go walking, very good. You go with the bus, taxi, very good. Man ata, man haram in beitihi. Whosoever performs huzu in his house, so now hotel. Thumma ata Masjid Quba, then you come to Masjid Quba, fasallah fi hirakatain. You read two rakat salat any day that you do this you get the reward but Saturday is better but any day you do it is fine Kana lahu ka ajri umratin you receive the reward of umrah authentic hadith in Ibn Majah if you know how to read Arabic look at where the niche the mihrab is you will see the ayat return la masjidun usisa ala taqwa min awwali yawmina haqwa taqwa fi and you will find this hadith written there Allah protect the haramain sharifain majidul aqsa Masjid Quba and all our masajid throughout the world. Nine o'clock, uh, we go uh, for our Isha Azan. When we come back, we will continue, inshallah, with the Q&A. Don't go away. Stay tuned.